0: I mean, I think there's an interesting, I'm curious to get back maybe to the historical trajectory where it's like, so you have the 70s and there's this fragmentation that happens of the 60s youth cultural movement as maybe it becomes um, consumerist or as, you know, the war ends, et cetera. And these various things sort of happen. But then by the 80s, you have this kind of yuppification of of uh you know the 60s kind of era and you have people like jerry rubin or stewart brand or others like making a lot of money and kind of thinking that like the
1: jerry jerry rubin was as phony as the the as a 10 uh three dollar bill man <laughs> like well, i'll give you an example one time we had a riot on the street on lower east side it was a uh Saturday night, so Sunday morning, you could get the Sunday Times. So here comes Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman, got their Sunday Times, and they all of a sudden passed this riot on the street. Jerry Rubin took his New York Times and ran home. Abby Hoffman joined the riot.
0: Right. But I mean, so that'll so, tell you something right there about the Abby Hoffman.
1: And then he became a stockbroker.
0: Right, that's what I'm kind of trying to think about or get at. So in the '60s, you have this kind of peer pressure, social pressure, that people should participate in some kind of, you know, subversive countercultural movement. But by the '80s, that same peer pressure is now funneling you into like uh, financial success or something. And, no, and you're
1: funneling yourself into it. You're allowing yourself to be sucked into it, yeah. so you could be comfortable and you could receive remuneration.
0: Do you think that was just with people's age, you know, as this kind of youth movement got older, yeah, or was it was it political that's, that's or psychological? What, what what happened in the 80s, basically?
1: That's what capitalism is. It finds a way to take control. So it took control of, of art. All of a sudden, they realized, here were these guys running around, abstract expressionists, creating just creating and all of a sudden like they saw wow we could control it and we could make a fortune and they did it they took control and now they make a fortune
0: yeah there was this kind of scandal recently i mean, i don't know if you saw what this like the black lives matter kind of foundation you know and it, uh, it was revealed that they had raised like 90 million dollars and they spent six million of it on this house that just like a couple of them were living in and there was like very little transparency and it's, you know, it really makes you sad, you know, and it wasn't like, it was a kind of seemingly left-wing journalist that kind of uncovered this. And, you know, they have this obligation, I guess, to like report it, even though it's embarrassing for the movements to kind of reveal this information. But there's, I don't know if it's like just capitalist society forces people to kind of, live like this and rip each other off and fuck each other over and that's
1: what it does but i don't like the word force because you can make a choice society like i want to I, I i'm an artist you you, as you said so i want to produce art i want to make art It's, it's like it's like breathing to me it's not like a commodity so I have the choice. I can say to the gallery, well, fuck you, I, I don't want any part of you. I'm gonna create something, but you're not getting it to sell it and make money. That's my choice. So you can't so if I were to sell out, you would then say, Well, I was forced. No, you make your choice. I chose to stay out of it. I paint when I went out when I lived out west, I painted for 40 years and never sold a painting or shown the painting to the public i just creative effort made a creative effort it's not about money it's not a commodity
0: and uh i bought some of your art and it's i think the only time i've ever bought art other than like a zine or something um i think you sell them on
1: your instagram
0: right yeah it's, i, I art, do but you?
1: not very much okay I- but I do. Yeah. Yes. So
0: if you if you're interested, you can check out Ben Maria's Instagram and maybe yeah. if you're lucky, you can snag one. Right. Or if
1: you're unlucky, you can snag. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um.
0: Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? I guess I, I had that question about the MC5. I don't know if you want to tell that story.
1: It's entirely up to you.
0: <laughs> All right. Maybe we can just close with that. Did you beat up the
1: MC5? Well, first of all, the MC5 had a song with the words Up Against the Wall Motherfucker in there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And when I first uh, was introduced to them and met with them, I told them, you know, Up Against the Wall Motherfucker is not a commercial phrase, it's... A radical it's intended to be a radical breakdown of, our, of society and I objected I felt uncomfortable with them using it as a, as a commodity and so one night what they were going to play at the Billmore East. Which I'll just say quickly, we had the Fillmore East one night a week free for the community. Bill Graham said, when we first approached him about having one night free, his response was, over my dead body. And I said, well, that could be arranged. Anyway, he then produced three silver bullets in his hand and said, these were given to me by the Hell's Angels. Because they wanted something from me. And now you want something. So I'm just telling... I said, yes. The only difference is if we give you three silver bullets, they're not going to be in your hand. And we want the theater one night free for the community. And we took it. We occupied it and forced them to give it to us free one night a week. So the MC5 played there once